What's up, everybody? This is the very first episode of We'll Laugh About This Tomorrow. Uh, this is going to be a series at first, and eventually it'll get to the point to where I talk about what I want to talk about. Uh, sports, MMA, UFC, all that kind of stuff, uh, current events, uh, whatever's going on in the world, and things that I like, things that other people like, and eventually I'll have guests. Uh, friends and you know eventually like celebrities and stuff once I you know start making a bunch of money but you know that's down the road not worried about it right now but uh it's gonna be a series to start like I said and it's gonna be about me uh it's gonna be about my life my trials and tribulations for the last uh about 10 years and uh the reason I want to do it as a series uh, and explain it is because there's a lot to explain and I and a lot to get into so without further ado let's get into it episode one and uh maybe I'll come up with a name later on but let's take a trip back to uh 2006 uh I used to skateboard a lot of people in Tatchby know that I used to skateboard I thought I was pretty decent I mean I thought it was all right. It was fun. Had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, when the skate park was, you know, new and stuff, everybody went there every day, all the time. That's all there was to do during the summer here in Tatchby. Um, so, yeah, skateboarding and doing all that stuff, jumping off the big budges and all that good stuff. Well, I fell, twisted my knee, my right knee, uh, tore my meniscus. And whatever it was, you know, I just thought... I got knees, knees, knees achy, sprained, whatever. Uh, the next day, I remember getting out of bed and being like, oh, what the hell? Like, this thing is jacked. Like, it, I could barely stand on it. And uh, so I ended up telling my parents. My mom takes me to an orthopedic doctor uh, in Tatchby. Uh, I'll leave the doctor's name out of this. Um, so we go to the doctor. He's like, he's like, yeah, you definitely tore something. Um, we need to get an MRI. So we go to good old Bakersfield, and we get an MRI done. They call us like two days later, and they're like, oh, yeah, you have a torn meniscus, a lateral meniscus torn, and uh, which is the outsides of your knee. Kind of have It's kind of like a knuckle, and you want the, out, the outside of where the bones meet. That's where your cushion is, your cartilage, your meniscus. So I tore that on the outside. So whatever. And then the doctor says, yeah, we're going to have to do an arthroscopy surgery where they go in with a little scope and has a little, pretty much like a little mini chainsaw on it. And they just cut out all the tore. They, they take out the, the, the cut piece, if I'm explaining this right. They take out the cut piece to smooth it out. So you lose cartilage. So if you have a cut right here, they bring it down like that so that you get rid of that torn spot. So going to surgery come out, everything's fine, they're like, oh, you did good, it wasn't even as bad as we thought, blah, 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 and uh, here's a prescription for uh, pain medication, 10, 325 milligram hydrocodone, other word, otherwise known as Norco, uh, a little bit stronger than Vicodin, I guess, right below oxycodone, like the Percocet and all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, I've never had pain medication before. 
So I get home, or I'm still loopy. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still loopy from the surgery. And I get home. My mom gives me the pill bottle. Uh, and at first I was like, oh, I'll wait till it starts hurting to take one. So I do. And uh, as soon as it starts aching, I pop a pill. And off the races we go. I had never felt so good before. I'm like, nah, fuck this shit. I can stand up right now. This knee ain't torn. I didn't just have surgery freaking six hours ago. I'm good to go. And it sent me down the path that uh, essentially led me to doing this podcast. Um, back in those days in 2006, 2007, around that time, you could get pain medication so easy. I remember... When I had my surgery, I had gotten a prescription before my surgery, and my mom never gave it to me for whatever reason because I was fine. I didn't, I didn't really need it. Like, my knee was torn, but over a little bit of time, I was able to walk on it. It was just a- achy every day. And uh, so then when I had my surgery and I got the other prescription, I had, like I think, like 200 pills after the, pres- after the surgery. So I went through that first... 100 pills that I got after the surgery, I think within three weeks, and they're supposed to last a month, which I guess is kind of normal because I wasn't, like, getting used to them yet. So I started taking them. I started, you know, one every six hours, one every four hours, and then it led into uh, one whenever I felt like it. And then I had buddies at the time that, you know, they'd come over, and this was, like, when, uh, like, Call of Duty was popular online playing Call of Duty World at War and all that good stuff. So we'd come over, we'd pass out some pain pills, and freaking dive into Call of Duty online. And we would sit there and play that shit till like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, just all geeked up on pain pills. And I would always, and then, and then I realized, like, I'm like, damn, everybody likes these damn things, and I'm like, I don't really need them. I'm not, not in that much pain. So I started getting rid of them. And then, and then when I went in withdrawals, I guess I didn't really go into withdrawals because when you're young like that, I honestly don't even remember going in withdrawals. Like it was like you could take take them for ten days straight, get off them, you didn't even feel nothing. And uh, maybe because your body you're so active, I don't know what the science is behind that. But I remember like not even going through withdrawals back in the day like that. And uh, so yeah, so I, I and then every time. I would run out of pills. I would just go to the doctor and be like, oh, yeah, my knee's still hurting. And he'd be like, oh, okay, no problem. Boom, another 100 pills, 120 pills, 90 pills, whatever. And uh, and they were always the same, 10, 325 Norcos every time. Not even, like, didn't even flinch. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Boom, here you go. I would literally go back. At, at one point, it, I was literally going back every, like, two weeks to get a script for 120 pills. I was going through 120 pills every two weeks. I mean, not trying to, you know, not hold myself accountable, but I would get rid of a lot of them, but I'd also keep some for myself. Of course, I had to keep some for myself. And um, so then it just turns into like, okay, now, now, now Nick can get pills. He got pain pills. He can, you know, whatever, hit up Nick. And so I'm getting rid of them and then uh, keeping them for myself as well. And then once my knee heals, the, the doctor's finally like, I remember one appointment I go in, I'm like, yeah, it's still bugging me. Like, I can't sleep at night, this and that. And just using all these excuses, but I was perfectly fine. And um, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you a little bit less, you know, try not to take them as much. Just take them at night, you know, da, 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 da. 
So I end up doing that, and uh, that ends up being like the oh man, that ends up being like the the whole like okay, he's not gonna give them to me as much, like whatever. I'm just gonna only only get rid of them at this point, and I don't need to take them anymore. So that's what I end up doing, and uh, so. Fast forward a couple years, I'm fine, no injuries. I'm not even taking the Norcos anymore. But every time somebody in my friend group gets hurt and they get pain pills, it's like, hey, come over to my house. Let's fucking hang out and take some pills, play video games, whatever, bullshit, chat, you know, till wee hours of the night. And so it was kind of like on and off taking them whenever people would get them. And I remember one night, me and a buddy were super bored at my house. And uh, there's nothing going on in Tatchby like normal on most summer nights. And he's like, my buddy tells me, he's like, hey, dude, I can get some Percocet. I'm like, you want to get some? And I'm like, well, shit, I don't know. I've never tried those before. He goes, oh, dude, I, I heard they're like, they're bomb. Like, they're super good. And I'm like, well, screw it. Let's get them. And the guy's like, oh, well, he wants uh, like five bucks a pill. And at the time, I, I was... I know Norcos were going for like $2 to $3 a pill. So $5 a pill is like, geez, that's crazy. And, um, but I'm like, screw it, whatever. I'm on disability at this point. So like I have just free income, essentially. I don't have any bills. My parents are paying my bills. I'm living in there downstairs. And, uh, yeah, so we end up getting, I don't remember how many, but we end up getting a bunch. And we go meet this sketchy ass dude that he knows, get a baggie full of pills and then, they're like, oh, let's just go for a drive. Like, let's let's take some just to you know zone out and go for a drive. So I'm like, all right, screw it, whatever, let's do it. So we both take, uh, I think both took two at once because at this time, you know, Norcos, we were taking two or three at a time. So we're thinking Percocet, like, oh, just do the same thing. It's it's a different medication, but it's 10, 3, 25 milligrams, same shit. Little do we know that we took two and uh, we were both looped. You know, within a matter of 30, 40 minutes, we were both looped out. And we're like, "This, these are the shit. These Percocets are way better than Norcos. Like, I, I need to tell my doctor to give me these when I get hurt next time, you know. So, I remember I remember me and, and two other buddies who were, were all looped out on Percocet, just driving through the mountains of the Alpine Forest. Like, every weird road we find, we would just turn on and just start driving down it. And uh, we would do that every night for a while in the summer. When there's nothing going on, like, oh good let's just go drive around the mountains and uh we did that for a while so i remember one night we're like ah, we didn't have any money for gas so we're like oh let's just go play some call of duty so we go back to my house we still have some of those percocets and this is the first time that i uh i bumped one snorted it crushed it up on the table me and my buddy crushed it up and uh you know freaking snorted it and uh to me it it felt the same. There was no difference. And it tastes like shit. And uh, that was the first and last time I ever snorted pain medication. And uh, my buddy would always do it. But whatever. He must have liked it. I never liked it. So so fast forward. Uh, I'm partying. Doing all kinds of uh, you know mischievous things. And I go to a party one time. And... A buddy introduces me to uh, to cocaine. So first time I do cocaine, and 
the same thing with Norcos and the Percocets. This is the best shit ever. And you can drink all night on it. You can drink all night. You're doing cocaine and all this stuff. And, and, and we're just drinking all night, playing beer pong, playing drinking games, not even feeling drunk. And just back to the bathroom, back and forth to the bathroom. And we know tons of people. Tons of people knew it. You know, like, oh, those guys are doing this. Those guys are doing that. And uh, I partied like that for probably, I would say, 2007 to 2000, maybe 2009. And uh, 2000, yeah, 2009. And then this is where, like, I'm getting to the point to where I'm getting older. I'm in my 20s now. I'm 22, 23 years old. And I'm at the point where, like, I'm, I'm over this partying. Like, a lot of the friends I would hang out with, they're either gone or just went into other drugs, like meth and all kinds of crazy shit. And I'm like, I really only hang out with, you know, certain people. And at, at sometimes I was just going to parties by myself because I didn't want to sit at home. And around 2009, probably, like, mid-2009, I go to a party. And uh, I'm at this party. And I was friends with this chick. She was probably, like, my only friend at the time. And uh, she was kind of tomboyish. Everybody knows who she is. And uh, me and her were like, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. We would do all kinds of dumb shit and party and whatever. Well, she had this friend that uh, I always wanted to get with. So we end up going to this party in, in 2009. She's already there, and I call her. I'm like, hey, what's going on tonight? And uh, she's like, oh, there's a party there. And I'm like, oh, tell her I'm coming, tell her I'm coming. And they're like, oh, I don't think it's a good idea, like, this person's here that doesn't like you. This person here doesn't like you. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm coming. I'm coming. And so I end up going there. And uh, I meet my wife for the first time. And it, it's funny looking back on it now because I remember walking into the party. And it was uh, I was always that outgoing person, right? I had get the get the party going if it was being lame. And I remember walking in and a bunch of the girls I was friends with like, oh, Nick's here. Dance party time. And I sure as shit, go and put music on and start getting everybody dancing. And uh, I remember noticing my wife and, like, probably looking at me like I'm an idiot or, like, you know, this guy is exactly who everybody says he is, just tries to hook up with girls, it does drugs, and this is all his life is, partying. And at the, at the moment, that's what it was. It was girls partying and not worrying about anything else in life. I think every guy at that age goes through that stage. So, I meet my wife. I end up talking to her. I, I introduce myself at the par at her party. I end up talking to her for like two hours. Like she's ignoring everybody else. I'm ignoring everybody else. We're just like sitting in the party, talking to each other. Now that I think about it, it's like you know, it's one of those scenes in the movie where two people are talking and everything's just time lapsed around them. Like everybody's moving like ants around them. That's how it felt. And we're sitting there talking. I get her number, and I end up. And everybody ends up leaving, so I take off, and we go to this other party, and I end up passing out at that other party, and I wake up in the morning, and the first thing on my mind is my wife, so I text her, well, she wasn't my wife at this time, so I text her, hey, da, 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 we should hang out, she's like, I don't know, like, maybe I got stuff going on, and then my friend, the, the other girl that was my friend, that was friends with my wife, uh, I text her and I'm like, I'm like, hey, tell tell her to hang out with me. Like she she keeps like kind of like being weird about it. Da, da, da. 
like, oh, she doesn't want to hang out with you. She doesn't want to be alone with you. It's like she keeps saying, like, she, she'll hang out with you, but only if I'm there. And I'm like, oh, this is retarded and uh, ridiculous. So I end up uh, getting to hang out with her, and the other girl comes with us. And then, like, you know, 10 minutes in, the other girl's like, oh, I got to go. So she kind of, like, she did it for me. She set it up for me so I could hang out with my future wife alone. And it was really funny because, like, my, my move back in the day was if I got alone with the chick, I would always put the longest movie I could think of on. And <laughs> the movie I picked when we were at her house was Titanic. I'm like, oh, perfect. Titanic's like an eight-hour movie. And uh, I have plenty of time to make a move and this and that and be golden. I literally sat there almost the whole entire movie afraid to touch my wife's hand, afraid to like get closer, afraid to make a move. And I'm thinking to myself in my mind, I'm like, dude, something's wrong with me. Like, what the heck is going on? Something's wrong with me. Like, this is not me. Like, I would I would already left by now. You know what I mean? I would have I would have hit, hit it and been back home or hanging out with buddies. So the whole time I'm sitting there, I can't make a move. I'm getting all flustered. And before I know it, the movie ends. And I'm like, dude, I literally just watched that whole movie. Didn't make a move on my wife. Didn't do anything. I'm like, this is not me. So she walks me to the door. And I remember I turn around. And I know she was totally, totally meaning, like, totally wanted me to kiss her. And I just, like, look at her. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'll hit you tomorrow. And I walk away. <laughs> and I remember getting in my car and driving down the street. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? What the heck is wrong with me? So I go to my buddy's house that lives, like, not that far from her. And I get there, and he's like, oh, he's like, hey, what's up, man? Did, did it go down, this, this, this? And I'm like, I'm like, no, man, I couldn't make a move. And he's like, what? He's like, dude, you're crazy. He's like, you were there forever. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was, like, flustered. I, I, I couldn't make a move. And he's like, oh, you're a bitch. You're a pussy, da, da, da. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. So I get back in my car. I go back to her house. And I'm like, I'm just going to open the door and kiss her. I'm going to open the door and kiss her. So I get down there. She opens the door. And I just, boom, grabbed her. I grabbed her and kissed her. And then I, I went to leave. But she, like, kind of left the door open. So I was like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going inside. So I went inside. And, uh, yeah, that story leads where everybody thinks it leads. So then she she lived in uh, down by the beach, like Huntington Beach, Seal Beach, down there at the time. She was going to school. So she wasn't in Tatchby. She had just came up that weekend for whatever reason. So she goes back home. We stay talking. Now I have this this girl that I like. I really like. Um, she's not my girlfriend yet, but like she's I really like her. She ends up coming up. I think like the next weekend or another weekend, and goes to that. Goes to that. Uh, my my friend, that's a girl. It goes ends up going to her house. And uh, we end up getting stuff for dinner, and uh, I make I make steaks and stuff, and, and cook, and all this all this good stuff. And like I'm flirting with her the whole time, hitting on her the whole time, this and this. And I remember telling her at the, like the end of the night, I'm like, oh, I want you to be my girl. I want you to be my girl. And she's like, oh, I don't even know you. Da, da, da. Like I live there, this and that, and blah blah blah. And I remember just talking her into it. Like, I kept just trying to talk her into it. Excuse me. And 
I'm talking her into it. She's just like, whatever. She She's focused, which is a good thing. Looking back on it now, like she was focused. She wanted to finish school. She wanted to live by the beach and finish school and do her thing. And I just wanted a girlfriend or I, I just I just wanted a relationship. I was tired of, you know, chasing chicks around and doing all this dumb shit. So I, she went back there and she was like, oh, I'm not going to be back there for a while. So well, like, I'm like, screw it then. I'm going to end up, you know, I'm going to go down there and see what's going on. So I go down there and I visit her one weekend. And it's really funny because the, the weekend I go down there, her mom, her her so her brother, my brother-in-law, he's a professional BMX rider, and he was doing this competition in San Diego, which is you know on the way, you know, going past my uh, wife's house. And the weekend I went down there to visit her, her mom was coming to pick her up to go to the competition, uh, to her brother's competition with them. So like the day I'm like I'm I'm there, I I don't even remember if I spent the night. I don't know. I went. To, I so my one of my best friends lived in Huntington at the time. So I was going there to hang out with uh, my wife, and then I was gonna go stay at my best friend's house. So they're like right at the time I'm like we're getting ready to leave. Like her mom pulls up, and this is the first time her mom sees me. And I'm just like a skater kid. Like I look like a complete idiot. Tall tee, baggy pants, hat backwards. Look like look like a clown. And this is the first time she sees me, and I'm just kind of like, oh, like hey, you know. Didn't even introduce, like, she was just like, whatever. Like, she just wanted Jamie to get in the car and get the hell out of there. So I remember they take off, and uh, I end up going to my best friend's house. And I remember we, we start drinking at my best friend's house, and I'll, I'll never forget this. I still have pictures of this. It's pretty funny. So we're at my best friend's house, and I get all hammered, and I, like, take my shirt off. And I walk outside, and my, my buddy just starts busting up laughing, and he's like, He's like, dude, what the hell happened to your back? Like, it looks like you got in a fight with a fucking cheetah. And he, he took a picture of me. I remember with my back towards the camera, and he's, like, like pointing with a big old shit-eating grin because Jamie had just, my wife had just scratched the shit out of my back. Uh, we were wrestling in the living room. No big deal. And she had nails. And so, yeah, so fast forward. I go back home. Uh things are getting serious between me and my wife and she ends up uh moving back i don't even remember exactly why i think it's something to do with uh her mom not thinking she was staying focused or something so she made her move back home but she was still going to school in la so she was driving you know i think four days a week three or four days a week to la every every week to go to school and then she'd come back to Tatchby. To me, I'm like, oh, this is perfect that this girl that I want is in Tatchby all the time now. So we end up hitting it off. We end up dating. We're going out now. And, you know, me bringing this this party lifestyle to this mature, you know, young woman that's trying to go to school and, and, and get her career in her mind and all that stuff handled. And I'm just like, ah, I... I'm still young. I don't have to worry about that stuff. I'm just going to party and hang out with my friends and then have this girlfriend that I can hang out with when my friends don't want to hang out or they're busy. I have the girlfriend, whatever. And uh, 
I, I remember we threw, I talked her into throwing this party at her house, and it was basically like all my friends. Like, I think two of her friends showed up, and then we played beer pong, everybody gets drunk. And at this point, me and my wife had been together for almost a year. And uh, yeah, almost a year. So I'm talking about like marriage. I, w- I want to marry her. And I want to be with her forever and all this good stuff. So I end up talking to her dad. The, the Well, actually, hold on. Let's back up a little bit. So actually at that party, I know it's at that party because uh, I know my skills. She ends up getting pregnant. She ends up getting pregnant and uh, she's freaking out. And I'll never forget this either. She... I remember I'm hanging out at her house, and she, she takes a pregnancy test because she's freaking out. And she comes in, and she goes, she goes, I'm pregnant. And she's, like, crying, like, all willed up and, and about to cry. And, and she's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I guess you're pregnant. Like, I was just so nonchalant about it, and she just pissed her off. Pissed her off extremely. And she's like, well, like, I, I need some feedback from you. Like, what, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm like, I, I will do whatever you want to do. And let's just go from there. Like it's, it's a life changing thing, but at the same time, it's like, well, what are we going to do? You know? And so then we have to go tell all our parents. I remember going to tell my parents, my parents, I think knew like pretty much right off the bat. Like I remember saying, Oh, I want to talk. I got, I need to talk to you guys. And, um, I remember my mom be like, Oh, she's pregnant, huh? I'm like, yep. (laughs) And I remember my mom saying like, Oh, I guess you gotta get a job and get your, your life straightened out. Blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah and then she calls me and she's like so my mom wants to talk to you and then my dad's dad wants to go to lunch and I was like okay so we go talk to her mom her mom's like like what are you guys gonna do this and that like you know being super serious mother-in-law and at the time like I didn't have that much of a relationship with her mom like her mom worked a lot like I was only over there when Jamie was home, and so she was at school most of the time. And during the daytime when she wasn't going to school, her mom was at work, so I didn't see her mom that much. And I remember going to lunch with her dad. This is the first time meeting her dad. We we meet him. He used to own a, a tire shop in town. We meet him at the tire shop. Like He comes out, gives my wife a hug. I'm like, all right, let's get in the truck. We'll go eat. So get in the truck. I'm sitting in the back seat like, like, he didn't even introduce himself. I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm like, fuck this shit, you know? And so the first time I, I get out, I shake his hand, and I'm like, hey, Nick, hey I'm Nick. Uh, I got your, your daughter pregnant. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I remember. And he, he was kind of funny when I think about it now because we just sat down eating, and, like, we started eating, and I remember he just stops, and he's like, okay, well, you got to get a job. What have you done before? And I'm like, oh, the only job I had at the time was I worked at Kmart for like eight months. And, and then I left Kmart to go get a job in the, the working on wind turbines. And I only did that for like maybe a year. And then I uh, came back, had a bunch of money saved up and didn't uh, work in the wind industry. I had to do it for a year and then I came back and then that's when I hurt my knee the first time. So, so now... Now I'm in job mode. I stopped partying. I, I stopped doing all these things. I'm like, now I have a kid on the way. Um, I want to marry this girl. All this stuff. So I end up proposing to her. Uh, we went out to the bench in Stallion Springs. A lot of 
you're from Tatchby, you know where that place is. It's just a bench that looks over this mountain. Really cool spot. End up proposing proposing to her there and almost falling down the hill and killing myself. And then fast forward a couple months, I'm job hunting. I'm trying to get a job in the wind industry with what little experience I have. And then I kind of snuck my way into one of the com- one of the wind companies that was local, so I didn't have to travel. And I end up getting a job there, and I'm about working there for four years. My son's born, everything's good, um, and I'm one day in the middle of winter in Tatchby, which still makes it winter in Mojave. It was snowing in Mojave on the wind site, and one of the hatches of the wind turbine was open and snow was coming in and hitting the ladder and I climbed up to assist my partner I mean that's why the hatch was open because he had to go out the hatch to work on something so the snow kept coming into the hatch so he needed my assistance so I go climb up and as I'm climbing up I get to the last section and there's snow all over it I don't even pay attention I go I I go to climb up I, I go to pull myself up and I slip well Everybody knows how a ladder is. You got your rung. My left leg goes in between the rung, and then my harness that's hooked off, so if I fall, it catches me. Well, the way it was tied off, it catches me and swings me around the ladder, and my my leg is in between the ladder, ladder so it just completely makes my like knee do a 180, my left knee. Agonizing pain, cussing up a storm. My partner pokes his head in. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I just fucking fell. Like, my knee is jacked, it's throbbing, and I remember, if he listens to this, he'll laugh, because his, his name was Ricky, he goes, oh, are you alright, can you get down, I'm like, yeah, I can climb down, he's like, ah, cool, yeah, I got it anyways, I don't need your help, and I'm like, you motherfucker, like, <laughs> I just climbed up for no damn reason, and ruined my knee, so I, I make my way down, it takes me quite a while to get down. I remember getting in the truck and it's snowing outside and I remember getting in the truck and I'm like, like, crap, I need to take off these coveralls and see what my knee looks like. So I like hop on the bed and I take off my coveralls and my knee's just boom, swollen. So I call the boss, the boss comes out and gets me, takes me back to the shop and he's like, how you feeling? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what, I don't know if I just bang my knee on the ladder or what. All I know is that it's hurting. So he sends me home. I come into work the next day. And they asked me, like, how's your knee? And I'm like, oh, dude, it's throbbing. It's still swollen. So they're like, okay, I'm going to the doctor. So they put me in a company car. And one of the site leads takes me out to the doctor in uh, Lancaster, California. So I see this doctor. And he's like, yeah, your knee's something's definitely wrong with your knee. We need to get an MRI. How bad your pain? I'm like, oh, it's hurting pretty bad. And he's like, okay. Here's a script for... 120 Norcos, same thing I had before, just four or five years earlier. Or no, actually more than that, almost eight years earlier. And so I'm like, oh, I'm, I know about these things. And I remember uh, asking the site lead, like, hey, can we grab some food? And I already had the prescription because at that time, some, some doctors would just have the prescriptions in their office. You wouldn't even have to go to a pharmacy to fill it. And so I already had the prescription. And I remember going into to a Carl's Jr. right there by the, the doctor's office, and I go into the bathroom and take a couple pills to alleviate my pain, but also because I know it's going to make me feel good, you know. So I get in this car, and we head back to site, and they're like, okay, like, you'll be off work until further notice. Like, the doctor will let us know. We need to start a workers' comp case. 
blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, well, you guys tell me what to do, what I need to do to, what I need to give you and all that good stuff. Because the doctor was there choosing. So it was a worker's comp doc. I technically didn't have to do anything but go to my doctor's appointments to get checked out and figure out what's going on. And then they would report back to my job. So I go home. Um, I get put on worker's comp. So I'm getting like, it's like worker's comp disability. So they pay me like, I think it's like 70% of your wage or some something like that. Don't quote me on that. And I'm barely making less than what I would on a paycheck. So to me, it's like I'm on vacation. My wife at this time, she's like, well, shit. Like now, like she, she doesn't know. She just knows that my knee is jacked up and I'm going to have to heal or I'm going to have to get an MRI, whatever. So fast forward, like maybe like a week or two later, uh, the doctor calls and says, okay, it's like we have to get, uh, we've got you scheduled for an MRI. So I go in, get an MRI, and a couple days later they call me. And same thing lateral meniscus is torn uh but this time it's my left knee my right knee is fine so the doctor that did my first surgery on my right knee nailed it uh left knee they're like it's torn pretty bad uh we'll have to do surgery do arthroscope again same thing as the right knee so i'm like oh, okay whatever walk in the park i know i know how it is so they schedule the, the surgery in the meantime i'm 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 getting all kinds of pain pills, and at this point, pain pills are still pretty readily available, and this is the first time I go through withdrawal. So he allows me to go back to work. I'm taking Norcos at the time. At this point, I think I'm taking like three or four a day, um, and he allows me to go back to work on light duty. So I remember, I remember running out of my pills the day before, and I go to work, and it's like maybe 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, and I remember just starting to feel like crap. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, I just felt all lethargic. My back was hurting. I was getting all sweaty. And uh, so I tell the guy that I'm working with, like, like I feel like crap, dude. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. So I go back to the office. I tell my lead. And at this point, I knew I knew it was the pills that was causing this. Like, I needed to get some get some pills, so I stopped feeling like crap. Well, I didn't have any more. So then, I go back. I tell my lead, I'm like, "Oh, my knee is killing me. Like, I need to go. I need to go to the doctor. Uh, like, I just called them. They want me to come in." And he's like, "Well, why would they do that? Why would they just randomly make you come in? Like, they usually do appointments." Da da da. da. I'm just plain out lying to my my boss. You know, I'm like, "I oh, don't know. They just called me. They told me they had, that I had to come in. I had to come in." So he's like, okay, well, you know, like, okay, go ahead, take off. So I take off, I go down to their office, I tell them, I'm like, like, oh, my knee is killing me, like, the, the meds you gave me aren't working, because I know if I tell them I took them all, they're not going to give me more. And so he's like, okay, well, let's try these. So then he gives me, uh, um, what did he give me? Oh, he gave me, like, Tylenol number threes with codeine or something like that. And he goes, he's all just take these for a week and then come back and um, uh, if the I'll give you a stronger Norcos because I remember he gave me like five three twenty five so it was only five milligram Norcos and I was used to taking a ten so that's why I went through them so quick. So he gives me the codeine. I remember taking those like within like three days, like taking them all gone, but I didn't go through withdrawals because those, to me, those weren't that strong. So it almost helped me get through the withdrawals and then I was like I was fine. 
and so I end up going back to the doctor. He gives me another script for 120 pills, and then he takes me back out of work, and he's like, okay, well, your knee, your knee's torn too bad for you to be at work. Like, it's just going to make it worse, so we just need to hurry up and schedule your surgery. So they get the surgery on the books. They schedule the surgery, and it's all set and done. So my wife uh, wakes me up at 4 in the morning. We drive down to L.A. to do the surgery. We get there at 6 o'clock, or 6 o'clock was my surgery time. And I'll never forget this. I remember my wife saying, she goes, yeah, they called you back. And I went back with you, and they, like, talked to you for a sec and, and drew on your leg. And then they'd be like, and then they were like, okay, we're going to take you back in a couple minutes. And then I remember looking at my clock, and it was, like, uh, like 6.15. And they're like, okay, we're going to take them back. So then I leave, and... She's like, I shit you not. It was like maybe 40 minutes later they come out and they're like, oh, he's all done. You can come back in a sec. And I'm like, 40 minutes? I'm like, man, that was a really quick surgery. I didn't think nothing of that at the time. I'm just like, oh, whatever. It must not have been that bad or something, whatever. So she comes back. I'm all loopy. And she said, I asked the doctor uh, how it went. He was like, oh, it's fine. Um, uh, we got all of it out. You should be good to go. So... So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, you know, whatever at this point. Like, I don't care. And then as soon as I, like, kind of come to, my knee starts throbbing. And I had Norcos at this time. And I remember telling the doctor in the in the uh, post-op room, like, hey, the Norcos aren't working. And he's like, okay, just stop by the office, and I'll, I'll tell them to give you something else. So on the way back from L.A., we stopped at the office, and then they gave me uh, 10, 325 Percocet. So I'm like, oh, this shit is way stronger. And they, I think they gave me, like, 80 of them. And so I was like, oh, I got freaking good-ass ones this time, you know. So I go home, um, chilling on the couch, playing video games, the whole cycle of the same time when I had my right knee surgery. And we're going, going on, well, this, the 2012 is when the accident happened. So towards the end of 2012, um, I'm in physical therapy. Uh, my knee is legitimately hurting still. Uh, I haven't even been taking that many painkillers, but then I start taking them again because my knee's actually hurting. And I go back to the doctor and I'm like, yeah, my knee's still killing me. Like I can't, like, I can't be that active. I can only be active for maybe a couple hours during the day. And then it just starts hurting too bad where I have to stop. And the doctor straight up calls me a liar. He's like, no, he's like, I did the surgery. If you did your physical therapy, right? Like your knee should be fine. You're there's no way you're in pain. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're my doctor. I'm in pain. And he tells me, he's like, no, you're not in pain. Like, I, I'm not giving you anything else for pain, medi pain medication. Like, you should just do your physical therapy and you should be fine. So I end up doing all the therapy and my knee is just still killing me. So I tell the workers cop uh, case guy that I need to see another doctor because this doctor doesn't think I'm in pain and something's seriously wrong with my knee. So I remember calling the doctor that did my first knee surgery, and I'm like, hey, can you do you guys take workers' comp cases? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, can I have a case transferred to you? Gave him the whole rundown. I'm like, this guy did surgery. Six months later, my knee is still killing me. Like, something's going on. And they're like, yeah, uh, usually we don't take transfers, but since you were a former, or a former uh, patient, uh, the doctor should do it. So that doctor ends up doing it. So then I get transferred. And then I get another doctor that's just like immediately gives me more pain pills. 
and I think I believe it was Norco's. I remember Norco's being like the main thing I was getting for a long time, and like the perk is it was like a, it was a perk. <laughs> it was like oh sweet I get something stronger, and so he sends me to another MRI, and this is six months after the first surgery on my left knee. He sends me to an MRI. Uh, they call me into the office. They're like okay, can you come in? Whatever. So I come in. They're like yeah, your knee is torn. Like you still have a tear in your knee. And he's all, and you can see in the MRI, you can see like a bunch of floaties, like they look like little, little flares. And he's like, it doesn't look like he got it all. And he's like, so we need to do surgery. And they're like, we'll do it next week, like really quick. And so we go, we go do the knee surgery. I come out, um, same whole, same whole process. And then I, I, I go to my follow-up appointment to see the actual surgeon. And he's like, he's like, dude, whatever doctor that was that did that first surgery on your knee, he's all, they literally didn't do anything. He's all, you had scar tissue where they went in with the scope and like two marks I could see where they made marks with the scope and then another puncture room and another puncture room. He's like, but your tear, he's like, I've been doing this for a long time. And he's like, your tear was untouched. It was an untouched tear. It had never, because he's like, I know what a tear looks like that's been touched by a scope. So... He tells me this, and I'm like, okay, so it's a botched surgery. He's like, yep, it's a botched surgery. Your knee is exactly the same. He's like, but I did the best I could. Uh, the tear was worse because he did that, and now you're real low on cartilage in there. Like, you're going to need to, like, take it easy, do physical therapy, all that fun stuff. And so I'm like, okay, well, then it is what it is. So I start doing physical therapy. Towards the end of physical therapy, my knee starts, like, aching. Not as bad, but it starts aching and all that. And... I remember going back to the doctor. I'm like, my knee's still aching. And he's like, well, it, uh, we can't really do anything else. Like the workers comp has to allow us to do more things and do more MRIs and all this stuff. And then the, I get a call from the workers comp and they're like, like, okay, you've had two knee surgeries. How's your knee doing? I'm like, well, it's still achy. Like, I think I might need more work done. And they're like, okay, well, we want to settle the case. Like we just need to finish this. And at this point, I was trying to stay on workers' comp in a sense because the company I worked for sold the site I worked on. So I didn't even have a job to go back to. And I was still getting essentially the same pay from workers' comp. And so I was kind of trying to milk it for all it was worth. And then I just made the decision, me and my wife, I'm like, well, screw it. I'm not going to have another surgery because it's just going to make it worse. And I need to just find another job while this workers' comp is still available. And then what can we can settle. So I end up finding a job with another wind company. And this is uh, 20, 2016. And get another, get, get another job with a wind company. I tell the workers' comp place, like, okay, let's settle. Like, shoot me some offers. I had a lawyer and all that stuff. So a lawyer calls me, like, hey, they want to offer you this, blah, blah, blah. I tell her no. She goes back, fights for more, gets more. I settle. So in the, in the agreement was I, I was taking this lump sum of money with no medical treatment paid for by them for the rest of my life. Or I could have took medical treatment for my knee for the rest of my life and no money and at the time I'm like screw that like I have insurance I can get insurance whatever so I take the money and now I'm working and I'm not taking any pain pills at this time and then I remember I remember coming home because I had to travel with the job I got I had to travel I remember coming home and like hurting myself doing something I think it was I went dirt bike riding with some friends and I hurt my ankle or something it was bad and I ended up getting some pain pills, and 
this is pretty much where it starts, right? For me, this is where it started. I'm two knee surgeries deep on my left, one knee surgery deep on my right. And I'm at the point where I can't have another surgery because my knee is already damaged as it is. But I'm taking pain pills like M&Ms and not because it hurts, because I'm addicted. I'm addicted to pain pills at this point. I'm dependent on them. Um, and that's that's where this series is headed. I mean, I'm sure if you guys didn't catch the drift by now, I mean, I kind of painted a picture, but I wanted to give you a backstory on how this how this all starts. And I know it starts like this for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people get hurt. They get some strong painkiller prescribed by a doctor because doctors didn't know back then, and then they become addicted. And that's what happened to me. Started out with Norcos, and then I got Percocets every now and then, back to Norcos. And I know some people, you know, go to heroin, go to all this crazy stuff, but Norcos were fine for me, but to me it doesn't make it any less of an addiction. I had, I had an addiction to pain medication, and the pain medication at the time was Norco. So with this series, I'm going to talk about my addiction, talk about the things I went through, talk about all the crazy stuff I did, so you kind of know about me. You know my backstory. You know where I'm going with this and where my life is now. Um, I was on pain medication for almost 11 years. I'm sober now. I'm 34 years old. I started taking them when I was around 23, 24. And now I have the whole future to look forward to. All because I stopped taking these things and got off of them. And I'll tell you about it, because it was hell. Like I said, I don't know how many, uh, how many episodes of this I'll do. But it'll be good. It'll be a cool series. And hopefully it helps somebody. That's my, that's my goal. Hopefully it helps somebody dealing with the same things as me. And, and they're able to push forward or get past something in their life. And, yeah, so, well, uh, I'll see you next week with episode two. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and it's only going to get funner and crazier from here. My name's Nick Sixton. I'm your host, and we'll laugh about this tomorrow. <laughs>